0: Let us pray. Stay with us, Jesus. Grace us with your presence this day and open the scriptures to us so that we might see you in our world, in our church, in our lives. Amen. It's been seven weeks today since I have taken communion. Now I know for lots of people, that's no big deal. For those who don't attend church often or at all, seven weeks without communion is just seven normal weeks. And for many Christian traditions, including for Lutherans in some contexts, communion is celebrated only a handful of times a year, something that's reserved for special occasions. But I thought it through this week, and I am pretty sure that this is the longest I have gone without coming to communion in 17 years. 17 years ago, I was a university student on a study abroad program. We were on the move for five months, and I'm sure there were long stretches of time in there when I was not part of a church service at all. And of course, I've been away from worship services since that time. Two weeks here, three weeks there. But seven? I am almost certain it's been 17 years since I have been away from the table for that long. I imagine lots of you are in new territory here as well, a longer fast from communion than you are accustomed to. For several decades now, our church in Geneva has celebrated communion weekly. It's part of the rhythm of life here, it's, and it's one more rhythm that's been disrupted over these past weeks. There's nothing to stop us from singing and praying and worshiping from wherever it is we might be, but that rhythm of weekly communion has stopped. Again, for some, this might not be such a big deal, but I feel the absence of our weekly sharing around the table. What do I miss? I miss the sound in the room, the songs that range from gentle and meditative to rollicking and celebratory. The sounds of chairs clacking on the floor as people stand up and the sounds of footsteps coming to the altar. The sounds of children being herded by their parents or sometimes doing the herding as everyone makes their way forward. I miss the shuffling around the table right here as people make space for others. I miss the open hands all around me, held out and waiting. I miss the feeling of my own hands open and expecting the bread that will be placed in them. I miss the eyes of the person who is serving, connecting with mine. I miss the words spoken directly to me, sometimes in Swahili or in German, depending on who's serving that day. This is the body of Christ given for you. I miss the directness of those words for me personally, just as they're spoken directly to every other person, shoulder to shoulder, around that table. More than anything, I miss the bustle of community the many gathered around a single table, the experience of making room, of ensuring that everyone has a place. Communion is all of that to me, and I miss it. Maybe you do as well. You probably know that during this strange time we are in, many churches are trying out offering communion virtually as part of their online worship services. Members are encouraged to prepare elements in their own homes, and then at a certain point in service, The pastor speaks the words of institution, like we always do, and everyone's invited to eat the bread and drink the wine wherever they are. Lots of churches are doing this right now, and maybe you are wondering why we're not doing something like it in our service. The answer for me is that communion isn't just a particular set of words along with bread and wine. It's all that other stuff besides It's a community gathered around a table. And it's the sounds of somebody else's children giggling. And it's the person in front of you whom you've never seen before, and the person beside you with whom you disagree about all sorts of things. And it's the hands open all around the table and the personal address to each individual. It is the messy, physical, concrete reality of a group of people who have come together hungry and waiting to be fed. Bread and wine you can prepare at home, and words you can broadcast over a live stream. But you can't get the rest of that online. You can't get the embodied community online. And for me, that's essential, too. I know that some of you might not share my views on this topic, and you should really feel free to be in touch with me if you want to speak more about this. I certainly don't claim that all other churches experimenting with online communion are wrong, It just doesn't make sense to me. I am feeling the lack these days like so many are, but I don't actually imagine that virtual communion would really soothe that ache very much. If anything, I think it would just remind me of what is missing. Communion without an embodied community just doesn't make sense to me. Okay, that is probably too long an explanation and maybe you are wondering by now why I have dived into these particular waters at all this morning. We have one of the most beautiful stories in all of the Gospels in front of us today. Luke's account of the disciples on the road to Emmaus. We've scrambled the story this time around, so it's told backwards. So just in case you have been struggling a bit to follow the action, here's a brief recounting. It's Easter day. And two disciples of Jesus are walking from Jerusalem, where all the action of Holy Week has just taken place, to Emmaus, a village some kilometers away. They are recounting the troubling turn of events, Jesus' betrayal, and arrest, and crucifixion, and death, when a strange figure shows up and falls into step with them. At first he listens. Hey, what are you talking about while you walk, he asks, and then he speaks, pointing outweighs that the scriptures point to a Messiah who will suffer and die and rise again. The disciples' spirits are lifted by this point, and they beg the stranger to stay with them as night falls. And as they're settling down to dinner, the stranger takes a loaf of bread, blesses it, breaks it, and gives it to them. And only then do they realize it's been Jesus with them all along. It is a beautiful story and one that speaks powerfully to the mystery of resurrection. And for lots of us, it is almost inseparable from the communion table. Every time we celebrate communion, after all, we remember that on the night in which Jesus was betrayed, he took bread and gave thanks, broke it, and gave it to his disciples. All those same things that he did in Emmaus. And just as his disciples know his presence in the breaking of the bread, So we know Jesus' presence in the sharing that happens around the communion table. Jesus shows up here. It's a promise that we cling to, part of what keeps us tuned into this rhythm week upon week. Because of that strong imagery and language that you just can't really miss, this story has become in some ways a fairly predictable one for lots of us. The road to Emmaus leads to the communion table. Except not this time around. Not this Easter season. This year, that well-worn, well-loved, well-traveled road is blocked. So what do we do? Of course, the road to the communion table isn't the only one that is blocked this season. Many of the roads that we typically rely on, many of the paths that we are used to taking, to places of comfort and strength for us, are blocked as well. We can't invite a group of friends over for conversation. We can't put an extra leaf in the dining room table and host a shared meal that drags on long into the evening. We can't hop on a train or a plane and go visit loved ones in another place. We can't pack this sanctuary with singers and pull out the drums and the shakers and fill the room with our voices. So many of our familiar roads are off limits at the moment. It's no wonder that so many of us find ourselves shuffling along in a daze or in grief or burned out by one more Zoom call or fixated on everything that we can't do. All of that makes sense in this strange time that we're in. It's true, all of it makes sense. But I hope you notice this in our story. Jesus shows up alongside the disciples in just that sort of place. All of their familiar roads are blocked as well. The road to following Jesus's footsteps and learning from his words and actions. The road of joy and fulfillment they clearly found in his presence. The road to the future that they saw coming. All of them were blocked and so they went to Emmaus. Lord only knows why they went there. This village is mentioned nowhere else in the New Testament. We have no other stories about Jesus spending time or even passing through here. So it wasn't the obvious place to go. It wasn't the go-to destination for deflated disciples. It wasn't the predetermined spot for meeting up with Jesus after his death. It was just a place to go, somewhere when all the usual paths were blocked. And on that road, to a couple of disciples with downcast spirits and downcast faces, to a couple of friends caught in grief and confusion, Jesus shows up. He's not only there in the old predictable places, he's here beside the disciples on this new road that they are walking when all the old ones were blocked. They don't recognize him at first, but that's all right, I think. The story would be awfully different if they did, wouldn't it? If Jesus fell into step with these grieving disciples and started right in with a cheery, hey guys, it's me. Jesus doesn't bowl the disciples over with his presence, but walks up so softly, they hardly notice him at first. And he doesn't start in with bold declarations, but asks a simple question. What are you discussing with each other? while you walk along. He makes room for them, for their experience, for their grief. He accompanies them. On these days when many of our familiar roads are blocked, when we are walking strange ones, that is the promise that I hear. Jesus accompanies us. On these new roads that might be uncertain, or frightening, or painful, or disorienting, or lonely, or too crowded, or just plain exhausting, he falls into step beside us, matches his pace to ours, and journeys where we're going, even if we don't know the destination. You probably know that that word accompany comes from the word companion, which literally means someone you break bread with. Friends, wherever you are breaking bread these days, whether alone or with a few in your home, and until we can break bread again together around this table, Jesus accompanies you. He accompanies each of us, patiently walking until our hearts burn with his presence and until we recognize him again, even here. Amen.